right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up about today, man, because fuel delivery, honest to God, Bird, one of the biggest just pains in the ass people got to deal with when it comes to, you know, upgrading their hot rods. Let's just be honest. Block mount pumps aren't an option in today's engines. You need a sump, right? You need something in the tank. Carburetor pumps just don't cut it when it comes to EFI. And man, the guy we have on today, Steve Matusik, he is president and founder of Aeromotive. And you know, if you got a serious, legit car, put down serious power, then that's the pump you got to have. Yeah, well, there's two layers. You know, first it's, you know, all of us old school guys going from carburetion to fuel injection. So there's a whole kind of learning curve and, and a different approach to, you know, fuel delivery, right? What kind of pump and where do you put it and how do you run it and pickups and returns and all that stuff and pressure. Uh, and then you have, okay, now I've got 500 horsepower. Well, now I've got 1,000. Now I've got 1,500. Now I've got 2,000. Now get you some. <laughs> yeah, that one pump, you know, isn't quite the solution anymore, or it wasn't. So now it's multiple pumps. Jeez, how do I deal with that? And just the level of complication and heartache gets bigger and bigger the more horsepower. And, you know, you know, man. Oh, my God, man. Us and other guys out there, I mean, they just keep pushing the envelope like thousands of horsepower. How do you even get that much fuel up to the front of your vehicle? And then what are the causes, you know, that, you know, secondary you know, negative factors, you know, heating up the fuel and aeration and pump life. And yeah, oh man, man, it could be a mess. One of the biggest hurdles I have in my, in my vet was, you know, is finding a way to deliver fuel. I'm running E85 in a thing. It puts down 1260 right now, but I could wick it up. But just getting fuel to it is, is been the big hurdle, you know, and whether or not you got bins in the lines, right? Whether or not you're, you know, you deliver, because in a vet, you know, it's real tight. You got to stack the pumps. Well, man, Aeromotive always comes, steps up to the plate to help out with ways to do that without it being huge issues and stacking two and three pumps in a line together and try to get them, you know, to drop down in your tank, which is just a mess for most people. Yeah, and they've got so many solutions. If you get on their website and check out, it's kind of mind-boggling because we all are in, you know, different start points where I've got a stock vehicle with a, uh, you know, a newer stock tank, and maybe I'd like to be able to drop something in. I've got an old-school tank. Can I drop something in there, or can I modify the tank? Do I have a, a you know, a fuel cell over here, and and what kind of setup do I need to integrate with that? And Again, man, it can be kind of complicated, and if you miss something, boy, you could, you know, you could hurt a motor or just not have enough fuel or, you know, you name it. Well, 
think about when was the last time you saw a performance car, an OE car for that matter, with some goofy externally mounted fuel pump? I mean, by putting it in the tank, you eliminate all the, the hot fuel handling issues, cavitation, vapor lock. Remember vapor lock used to be a big pain in the butt for us? Like, you know, what <laughs> yeah. do you do? Wrap it in, you know, riddles wrap and put clothespins on it or do this. Or, you know, when I was a kid, I made a cool can. I took a Maxwell house, learned this one from my dad, you know, and ran a bunch of line in it and, you know, would have a fuel line go to it just so it would cool the fuel off. Back in the day, we were trying everything we could to solve that hot fuel issue. Well, now, man, with these guys and the way they always step up they have taken those old school problems and completely eliminated it yeah so whether you've got a returnless system from your factory you know maybe you bought a uh, you know a crate motor from gm right you're going to stuff it in your hot rod and it's kind of already pre-cowled and you got a controller and you'd like to go that route or whether you're you know starting from yeah. scratch on a hot rod or you got a race car these guys can set you up with every piece component what to do, what not to do to get your fuel system completely dialed in and up to snuff so you can go out there and have a hell of a good time. Yeah, man, and that's really what it's all about. We all love getting the performance out of our car. We all love turning it up. I don't know of a guy, honest to God, that has taken his car to a track, a road course, an autocross or anything and said, you know what, i got to turn it down a little bit. Turn it down, man. I'm just making too much power, you know, <laughs> whether they can handle it or not, you know. Turning it down, no, at least no, none of my car guy friends has ever said that. It's just something we don't discuss. That's not in our vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not in our vocabulary. We don't know those words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we probably should, but we don't. Right. And we refuse to accept them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm excited because, again, we've got Steve Matusik. He's the founder. He's the president of Aeromotive. So uh, I saw these guys at PRI. I saw some of their latest you know, gear and, and offerings, man. I'm pretty stoked. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, let's get Steve on, check out what's new and pick his brain on how to do this stuff right. Amen to that. Get out your pen, get out your paper. It's note taking time, y'all. Back after the break on Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is the man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today it's all about fuel delivery. And I'm telling you, man, we couldn't got a higher guy up in the food chain when it comes to fuel delivery than Steve Matusik. He's the president and founder of Aeromotive. And I, I want to explain something. Kevin, you know as well as I do, how long ago were you buying cordless drills and they were battery operated? And then all of a sudden there was this technology called brushless. And I've got little remote control cars, right? And my buddies used to have these nitro cars, you know, they'd run, you know, little high horsepower, tiny engines, and they'd crank it up. And then here I bought this little brushless thing running 74 miles an hour on a, you know, on a remote control car. And I knew then, man, that was the first thing I ever had brushless. I knew that was going to change the game. And then you start buying tools in your shop and all of a sudden you see this brushless technology and, and the power it generates. And all of a sudden you're like, Wow, this is definitely a game changer. Well, now take that technology and apply it to fuel pumps, and you got home run fuel pumps. I mean, anything you could ever imagine, and it's whisper quiet. It's unbelievable just to sump and baffle. You know, 
combinations they have, minimizes hot fuel handling issues. It is, man, it is the creme de la creme, as my boy used to say. <laughs> yeah, man, I think of it like, you know, LS swapped the world when the LS motor came out. It's like, man, this is so compact and good and cheap and making lots of power. Let's just put it in everything. Yeah. Now it's brushless swap the world, right? Yeah. Let's just take brushless and put it in everything, man. Our, our little automatic toothbrushes, our drills, our fuel pumps, and, and you name it, man. Look how much better it is, man. I mean, it is significantly better, stronger, runs a lot quieter than anything we've ever had previously. So, Steve, I got to tell you, man, fantastic job. You're the president and founder. How did, how did you create Aeromotive? You know, how did you start the whole process? Well, geez, that's, uh, man, I don't know if we have enough time to go into that level of detail, but I'll try to give you the cliff notes. <laughs> um, um, I grew up in, in the performance world. Um, my father and mother were both from another country. My father's from, from Hungary. Mother's from, from Poland. I was first generation. I was told to go to school. I was told to become an engineer. I was told that I was going to have a white collar job. I worked at an aerospace company. And I absolutely hated it because my dad raced. I grew up in the performance world. I wanted to get back to that world. Um, so I, I went out, started a, a performance division for the aerospace company I was working for at the time. Um, we had a downturn in the defense in the late 90s, or I'm sorry, in the early 90s. Um, I was going for my master's degree program. I made a decision then that I was going to go ahead with, with uh, reassurance for my wife to go find venture capital to start my own business. So in 94, I found Venture Capital, um, moved from, from St. Louis, where I was working in McDonnell Douglas, to Kansas City, and uh, you know started the company in August 1st of 94, and uh, haven't looked back since. Bought out the Venture Capital in 2001, and uh, here we are today. So, so it was one of those things where it was almost a necessity for me to get back into the industry. It's something I'm passionate about. I love to do. I grew up with it and uh wouldn't change it for the world so i gotta ask you said you race man i gotta ask what car what car did pops have tell us the stories man well my dad uh back in the day had uh mercury's that he ran um with fe engines he had a 32 band with a camera in it back in the day he had front engine hemi dragsters rear engine hemi dragsters yeah i still have a 70 maverick that he put a 427 fe in it and we were one of the first fuel injected super gas cars. So, and I, that's the car still runs today. And that was the car that I got my license in. Um, and I've progressed through the ranks and been running NHRA pro mod for the past, uh, I think six to seven years. Wow. I've run a turbo uh, car initially with a, with a Liberty and a five speed right, right. and then moved on to a blower car with Danny Rowe and him and I were teamed up with a roots, uh, blown car. And then this last year I got back into a turbo car and actually, I just came back from Orlando, and I had a Pro Charger in the in a Camaro that we were going to run at Gainesville. So <laughs> look at you! So I've, I've driven all the different food groups. Uh, love all <laughs> the power adders, and that that's our R and D. That's where we go out and we learn about problems, and we we uh, solve those problems in the way of a product. That's fantastic. And, and in my mind, in my world, yeah, you can't do that if you don't aren't exposed to it. So that's that's basically our formula. You got to have that that nature to be part of it, that instinct. And, and know what is in demand out there on the racetrack. And I don't think there's a better resource to find out what guys are looking for than actually getting out there and be, being a part of it. Yeah, how do you, you know, I don't know how these other companies do it, but I know how we do it. And, and the way we do it is we solve problems. And, right? and if you don't know what the problem is, you don't know what you're solving. And there's a lot of companies out there that do Me Too products, but they really don't have a novel approach to why that problem existed and why 
a product was created to solve that problem. So, so I, I truly believe that's why we're, you know, light years ahead of our competition, because when we undergo a new engineering project or program, we have some specific specifications that we're geared toward, and we're trying to solve some specific problems related to performance. And, and that's, that's how we've done it since 1994. Man, that is a scary combination, an engineer and a racer. You know, a guy who's going to go out there and push the limit, figure out how to break everything, and then a guy who can sit there and think about, like, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to make it better? How are we going to make it faster? And then there you go. We're on the other end, buying cool pumps and systems and trying to keep up, right? (laughs) So let me ask you something. You know, before the break, we started talking about, you know, brushless technology, and you have a whole kind of lineup in brushless, uh, and I think you've got some of your, like, let's say older lines, like the A1000 I've used, I don't know how many times, your Eliminator, but now you've got in this brushless series, uh, gear pumps. Uh, walk us through, you know, there's a different, uh, let's say how you build a pump from a vein to like a turbine style to a gear style. Uh, what are some of the pros and cons there? And then how does that mix into your whole brushless series and give us some of the, the background on, cause I, you know, like I said, I saw these guys at seem or PRI this year and, uh, you know, some of the things that are integrated into the pump, you know, like your variable speed, totally impressive, man. So walk us through a little bit of that. Well, you guys, uh, you know, and I was listening to, to you guys discussing in the beginning about fuel delivery, and you, you guys are pretty pretty far advanced on your knowledge of what happens and, and what the challenges are. And, and for us, it all comes back to the basics. It comes back to the fuel. It comes back to what media are you using and what are the characteristics of that media? Um, you know, it, like any fluid, if you put it under pressure, you raise the boiling point. If you put it in a vacuum environment, you lower the boiling point. So you have to be aware of that and, and understand that before you undertake any type of a fuel delivery type program. Uh, we don't focus on components. We focus on systems and making it not just reliable, but durable, and it will live in, in specific environments. So having said that, you know, you guys talked about the horsepower growth over the years. And, and when we started the company, I mean, everybody talked about a thousand horsepower, but back then people were really only making 500 horsepower. I mean, but today <laughs> right, right. people talk about, <laughs> you know, 2000 horsepower and they're making 2,500 on E85 on the street. And it's crazy yeah, for us. For us, it's just like, you know, how do you keep up? How do you take something that has to look at an electrical system that's limited on the vehicle and you have to be able to understand how much current draw that you can take away from that system? how to make it efficient, how to make it durable and reliable, how not to have hot fuel handling issues, you know, how to support that horsepower, which again, we all know that to make power, you need fuel, air and spark, which just so happens that we are the blue car collar component of that horsepower equation. I mean, people think about blowers and turbos and nitrous. Well, that's sexy, you know, and you think about mags and, you know, coil packs and high energy uh, ignition systems and that's sexy. Then it's like, Oh, okay. I need a fuel pump. That's not, that's not sexy. If our stuff doesn't work, we, you can't make the power. We can't support the power that you is, is the potential that's there. So our stuff has to work. You know, we have to be blue collar. We have to, and we understand that and we believe that. And we're constantly looking at ways to get the fuel from the tank into the engine, the most efficient way possible with the least amount of heat given the environment that it's going to live in. And that's where as technology evolves, we're always looking for better, faster, cheaper ways to do it. And we're looking at doing it domestically. We want to do it in-house. 
We're trying to solve specific problems. We're trying to come up with, you know, specific packages. Given, you know, all of the outrageous power combinations that are out there, and it's a challenge, but man, it's fun. It's fun climbing that mountain and achieving things that, that even three, four or five years ago, we didn't think was possible. Now we're doing things that, again, three or four years ago, I didn't think was possible. I mean, we had situations where when we had the real high horsepower applications, we started to drive ourselves to the mechanical pump world because now you have, you know, a big air yeah. pump in the way of an engine that can turn the fuel pump. So you don't worry about the torque requirement and as much about the hot fuel handling. Well, now we've, we've undergone into some technology that allows us to take, you know, these electric motors, these, these brushless motors, and, and be able to pulse modulate them and, and create variable speed type applications. So there's kind of like on demand so that they don't have to be, you know, all the way balls out all the time, that they're more tied to what the engine needs and when it needs it. So, so again, we're just evolving as a company, as those power levels, as those fuel blends take us there, we have to do our homework and figure out how to get the fuel into the engine as efficiently as possible. And it's just that simple. And I, I look, Steve, I already love you, man, but I got to disagree. Any car guy, will uh will look at your pump and think it's dead sexy. You show that to a car guy, and I'm telling you, man, you, you say it's not sexy stuff, but you show one of these to any car guy I know, and they're going to be like, damn, that is hot. That's sexy. It is, man. It is. <laughs> Come well, on, man. <laughs> well, we started to talk about like the variable speed, because if you think about you're making 300, 400, 500 horsepower, your pump is only so big, and it's going to push, you know, when you click on the power, you got 12 volts to it, it's... It's spitting out a certain amount of fuel, whether you're sitting at idle or whether you're wide open throttle going, feed me, Seymour, right? But when you're making 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, and you're sitting at idle with that pump just screaming away, you're moving gallons of fuel from the yeah, tank to the rails, back again to the rails and back again. You're just heating it up. You're cycling it. The pump is just screaming away, right? And now you can do variable speeds so that you can you know, have just enough fuel that you need at idle. And then as you start to increase the load and open the throttle, more fuel's flowing. And as you're wide open throttle and you're making 1,500, yeah. 2,000 horsepower, boy, that sucker is Woo! feeding away, Talk man. To Talk to me. Stop it. You were crossing the 330 to 660. Just hungry. Just hungry. Give me some of that fuel. <laughs> Yeah, so there's been speed controllers that you can buy, and I think you guys have, you know, your offerings too. But now, don't your your new pumps, your brushless pumps, have that internal? Yes, the uh, the, the back in the olden days, and it, it wasn't that long ago, we came out with one of the first speed controller units, and we used to call it like an automatic transmission for your fuel pump, where you could kind of dial in stages of when the, the brush style motor would pick up speed given certain criteria, whether that's map pressure, whether that's throttle position, engine RPM, so on and so forth. Um, you can't use that, you know, you cannot use that technology with brushless type motors. You have to build that into the circuitry. You have to have the, um, the programming and the firmware built in so that it is part of the controller itself. So it's more efficient. It takes the heat out of the equation. And now you don't need an, uh, an accessory in the way of a speed pump controller you're right. It's built into the controller, and it and it allows that pump to, you know, or allows the the system to manipulate the speed of the pump to do exactly what you said. That you don't you're not putting you know all that fuel back in the tank. You're not disturbing the fuel in the tank and aerating it. You're not creating all that heat. You're only pushing enough fuel 
to maintain the system pressure that you're desired to get through the injectors properly, uh, limiting the amount of fuel you're sending back to the tank and optimizing the amount of fuel going in the engine so that it makes the whole system happier. And, and again, it's nothing different than what the OEs do. But in the OE world, you know, each engine platform is specific for a pump, for, you know, its, its circuitry, for its programming, to do exactly what that particular platform needed to do. Whereas in the world we live in, you got all those different applications. So you got to figure out how to take that existing technology and make it uniform or universal so that it can be used by a variety of different of tuners, ECUs, you know, fuels, engine platforms. And, th and that's the challenge, but that's, I think, what we're really good at is taking existing technology and figuring out how to use that technology in our world and fueling the types of uh, vehicles that, that we like to drive. Well, coming up, man, we've got to take a break now. We're going to talk about some of that universal technology and some of the systems you have. And it doesn't matter, guys. It could be carb, it could be EFI, it could be, you know, naturally aspirated force injections. He's talking blowers, superchargers. Happiness, y'all. Happiness. Back after the break, it is the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Talk to you guys in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And on with us today, Steve Matusek. He is the president and founder of Aeromotive. And I'm telling you, man, if you got serious power, if you're looking for serious power without headache issues, you got to go check out Aeromotive, all the offerings they have. Hey, um, Steve, I wanted to ask you, man, let's talk about, you know, before the break there, we talked about how... You know, there's guys out there building wicked cars. Kevin's got one right now, an old Mustang. I got a couple old Chargers that have some of your, your systems on it. But I love seeing older cars get new engines, new power plants, and get back out on the road, man, where they're dominant in what they're doing, racing, road course, and whatever. Now, you really, truly have a pump for every tank. Uh, and I love the fact you guys are servicing us old you know, muscle car guys, whether you want to build your own fuel cell or something you drop in the tank, you guys are killing it there. So tell us a little bit about some of the systems that you have and offer. Well, we, we've come out with uh, um, a unit that we called the Phantom um, a handful of years ago that, that basically cracked the code to put an electric fuel pump into a tank that was not initially designed to have an electric fuel pump in it. And, and basically what that yeah. is, is we sell you a kit that has a bladder, it has the foam, which the foam we use for the bladders is really to create like a spine to give that bladder memory so that when you get it into the hole that you cut in the tank, it springs out and it provides a bladder um, that, that gives, uh, keeps fuel at the inlet of the fuel pump so you never start the pump. So um, we've, we've gone yeah. in that direction, made it so that you could go out, um, you know, uh, modify your existing tank and whatever muscle car you have as long as you have a depth of five inches or more. And uh, it was it was uh, very successful. Then we decided to come out with tanks, um, not just the the uh, ability to modify um, the tank, but give you a tank with the Phantom already installed, with the outlet and the electrical in the original uh, position that the OE car had it, so that you're you know hooking up your electrical, your sending unit. Um, your your uh, outlet port and your return port, if you're running a uh, return style regulator, is all in the same location. As Steve, the slow down, man. You're making this too easy. You're going to make us lazy. 
You know, <laughs> come on, you're going to make us lazy. <laughs> well, that's what we're trying to do. We want to make this like, hey, you need a steering wheel? Go out and buy a steering wheel for the car. And that's the way we look at it is that we want you to buy this tank, you know, pull down the old tank, use the same straps. Um, go ahead and uh, you might have to change your lines because if you're going to EFI, you need lines, higher pressure lines. But we want everything to be familiar in the right place to bolt it in and to not make you install the pump in the tank and not make you have to cut holes and modify and manipulate. And and we cover just about every muscle oh, car. I've done that. Yeah. No, that is huge. Yeah, man. And you, and you do. It's great. I remember, you know, you make the foam an inch higher than the tank. That's something I remember in your directions. Cut it out. Drop that bladder in there around it. You know, hang the tank. You know, measure it out. I remember all those steps, man. So it's great that you have something now where you just basically – drop it in and 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 you're rocking you're feeding as much power as you want which is fantastic now you could run your tank down to you know it doesn't even read on the gauge anymore you still have fuel coming back into the bladder and if you're into some autocross type activities or high g turns um, we have check valves that that you can buy for the bladder that keeps the fuel where you need it when you need it and we also have a jet siphon uh option where you can go ahead and if you're making hard lefts or hard rights or if you're going up a steep hill you can go ahead and pull fuel from a different location on the tank. Like if you have a saddlebag tank for the Corvettes and the Mustangs have now, you can go ahead yep, and take yep. fuel from the tank, the portion of the tank that doesn't have a pump in it and put it back to the pickup point of the pump, which again is no different than the OEM guys are doing. We just had to figure out how to do it in a universal world for the, the motorsports or, or for the, uh, the, the hot rod guys that, that uh, do those types of things and need that type of fuel control and that type of um, movement of the column height of the fuel to keep the inlet of the pump covered. And that's, that's what it's all about. I'm glad you created that because there's this point of a no return when you take a big hole saw to a 69 Dodge Charger tank. You know, that's nerve-wracking <laughs> for any hot rod guy. You're like, you, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, we got to do it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, man, yep. I, I'm glad to see that you're you're creating ways to get big big power big reliability you know out of these full-on systems that man make it so much easier now for sure well speaking of big power right we talked about you've got every size and combination you need from you know the starter kit to the you know the max all out you know if we walk through you've got your brushless series your a1000 right that's you know i'll throw out numbers that i saw on your website but like 1300 horsepower na your eliminator is 1900 NA, right? You got your three and a half, five gallon per minute at 2400, 3400. Now you got a seven and a 10 gallon per minute at 4800 horsepower. Is that yeah. right? And 6900? Well, and, and don't forget about our uh, 115 gallon uh, uh, minute pump um, that we have for uh, top fuel and funny car. Oh so when goodness. we acquired Waterman in 2017, <laughs> um, now we can fuel everything from a junior dragster all the way up to a top fuel uh, dragster and funny car. And and that's important to mention because the technology that we acquired when we got together with Waterman with the spur gear pumps is a lot of what we learned and we adopted and incorporated into our pumps. So now you see that Waterman acquisition adding to, that's where the one plus one equals three, adding to our ability to create reliable, higher flowing pumps that are more robust um, that can do seven or 10 gallons a minute by marrying it to some of the brushless technology that we've developed over the years. And uh, so we're, we're 
pretty much cover the gamut. I mean, we, we can fuel anything um, from nitro to, to pump gas to E85 um, to a junior dragster where we used to do a pulse pump um, all the way up to, uh, like I said, uh, um, Connie Kalita's uh, team with uh, Doug and, and their top fuel, uh, top fuel dragster and everything in between. So uh, we, we like to think that we dominate every segment of every sector of performance. Well, you do. I mean, just as a guy that goes to the track regularly, you do. <laughs> yeah, you're everywhere. Now, now, what it is about the gear, let me ask you real quick. What is it about the gear design that uh, makes it kind of beneficial in this category? You know, I, I think that it holds pressure uh, at higher flow rates. Uh, is it more of like a positive displacement? Yeah, the, the, the spur gear pump is more robust. And you can run that pump at a higher speed where the tip speed does not create uh, some cavitation issues. Some of the other pumps, you're limited um, on, on the uh, RPMs that you can run that pump at because then you start to run into some uh, problems with the fluid dynamics of that pump, the tip speeds, and separating the, the air molecules from the fuel. So, so the gear pumps allow us to get, have a smoother transition of fuel, uh, and it doesn't sideload the gear set like it does with a roller vein pump or a sliding vein pump and some of the other type configurations. So it's just another, uh, it's another arrow, another arrow in our quiver, if you will, um, or another tool in our toolbox that we could use um, that allows us to achieve certain uh, fluid dynamic issues when we're looking at what are we trying to do to control that fluid and get the volume out at that pressure that we need to get it out at and at the same time not disturb the fuel. Yeah, I swear when he said another arrow in the quiver, I thought he was going to say another arrow in the motive. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> boom. So, so it's kind of like a propeller on a on a plane, right? It, it can't go too fast, or the tip speed, you know, starts breaking the speed of sound or whatever. You cavitate the fuel. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's just incredible, man. Wow, when you're when you're feeding sixty nine hundred horsepower, that's absurd. Man, that's absurd. That's some challenge right there, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Wow. Out of one pump. Yeah, one pump, sixty nine hundred. It's got to be a Mopar. It's got to be a Hemi or something, man. It's got. to <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, look, Steve. Where do people find out more about you? Where do people see you socially? Check out everything that you're you're done on the racing side of things, man. Because. Dude, there's nothing like having your own picture up there holding. I know is that a Wally I see? Yes. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. We won the uh, Pro Mod Wally in Houston back in 2018, I believe. Yeah, man, that is awesome. Where do people find out all the details and info that you guys have at Aeromotive? The best way to do that um, would be to get on our website, and that's AeromotiveInc.com. That's A-E-R-O-M-O-T-I-V-E-I-N-C.com. Um, we're very active in a lot of different racing sanctions, but primarily. Uh, if you're attending an NHRA event around the country and they have Pro Mod, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that I will be there. And please come by, and introduce yourself. We love to have people come by and, and talk to them. And, and if you do have issues or problems, we want to hear about it. We want to hear about that because that's our life's blood. We like to turn those problems into products, into solutions in the way of a product. And uh, that's what keeps us going. So uh, we love talking to people, helping them with their system. Um, they can get on our website or even call our tech line at 913-647-7300. And uh, we have our te head tech guy, Brett, ask for him. He's a master at, at putting together uh, the appropriate components for your specific or your customized fuel delivery system on your vehicle. I love it, man. Turning problems into products. You can't get better than that.
I mean, really, you can't. <laughs> Turn your problems into price. Fantastic. Hey, I'm a buyer. I'm a buyer. You come up with a solution, I'm there. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Steve, thanks so much for being on, man. We really appreciate it. We'll have to get you back with more, you know, updates and nitty gritty and technical details of how this stuff works. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. No, we appreciate your time too. And come by. Come by sometime. We have a lot of cars. We can put you in a car and see how you do in the quarter mile. I'm there. Game All on. All right. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. So that's Steve Matusik from Aeromotive. And I got to tell you, man, he's one of those guys, when you look at people out there changing the world of racing, performance, and all that stuff, in the automotive industry, he's one of these pioneers, one of these guys that really does take issues that we have at the track racing or you know, on an autocross or road course, he takes those problems and tackles them, finds an aggressive way to handle it. And for that, everybody is thankful, man. So we definitely appreciate it. Check it out, Aaron Motor. Don't forget our show, Aaron Weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Steve Matusik. He is the president and founder of Aeromotive. My man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. we got tons of great content, lots of stuff from our shows. And share with us on social. We're everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. All right, man. I learned a little bit today. How about you, Willie? Hey, man, I'm telling you, that is, that's the sauce, bro. That is, you know, all my friends, a lot of us run E85 out here, and I remember when we first started using E85 and turning it up, there was nothing that would give us the fuel that we needed, man. So you, it wasn't that long before one or two of us found Aeromotive, and now all of us, I don't care if my boys out there in GTRs, in Mustangs, me and old Hot Rods and my vet, we all run that stuff, man, because... It's tested, it's tried and true, and it's, it's the goods, man. So if you're in need, check it out, Aeromotive. Well, we will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.